anyways, but like the sex scenes up front are like out of hand. Hmm. Like he, it's Costner is laying lumber down. And he, Barry tells a story that his mom would sit him in front of the TV to watch like Ghostbusters or something. She'd go diddle herself in the room watching No Way Out over and over and over. <laughs> God. God almighty. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's told me that story for like five times. Jesus. That uh, cat, man. Well, that, I hope, makes the podcast. Like, I hope that's the introduction to the reason we're doing the month. <laughs> One for mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is more than I can say for Annabelle. If only that were true. You wrote a novel? Have a novel. And no one wanted to publish it. You're not a writer unless someone publishes you. See, that's what's so great about blogs. You don't have to be published. You can just go online, press enter, and there it is. Out there. What would I write a blog about? You're an editor. Tell me. Why don't you write about how much you love Queens? A short blog. Because write about your job. If I wrote a blog about my job and anyone at work ever read it, I mean, hello. This is good. Mm-hmm. This is really On top of which, the whole idea of writing a blog is to get away from what I do all day. The way that cooking is a way that I get away from what I do all day. So, write a blog about cooking. I'm not a real cook like Julia Child or Mario Batali. Julia Child wasn't always Julia Child. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> All right. Sorry, so I'm recording this Julia. Ju- uh, so, yeah, I- I'll get into it. I-, I got a bunch of shit to say about this. You ready to go? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, uh, welcome back to the Grand Gesture. And uh, I'm actually doing, I guess, the appropriate... Uh, here's what you've clicked on introduction to the show that you're currently listening to uh, with my co-host from Marcus played, which is a podcast where I never do that anymore. Right. I, I, I didn't realize I did not do that until, you know, you called me out of it. Uh, I guess on an episode where you introduced it and you're sort of patting yourself on the back for, for being the professional podcaster, which I am not, but this is what, is this the second time you've been on the Grand Gesture? I feel like you were on like the second episode, second or third Something episode. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, before you fired Dave. Well, you know, <laughs> morale had to improve around here and my morale would improve if there was less Dave in my life. So here you are. Coming to a Lexington near you. Th- thankfully, the the one time we can say thankfully uh, that there's social distancing <laughs> rules in place. <laughs> People must stay home. Um, but the main reason I want you on for Julie and Julia is you are uh, very loud about uh, your foodie tendencies. And since you're on multiple movie podcasts, I don't know how I can not have you on for a film that uh, the entire grand gesture is doing this self-imposed challenge 
of cooking every recipe in this cookbook. And, of course, we eventually go back to the formation of said cookbook with Meryl Streep doing, you know, her Meryl Streep things as um, very, very frustrating for me. Meryl Streep in general or just in absolutely this, in just, this movie particularly. Okay, okay. I didn't know if you uh you know you're expressing if the I guess the very very much the minority report of saying Meryl Streep not that good but you're just oh, saying no 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 okay no no I I not not to mention I would be banished from Twitter probably like I'd be just outcast thrown <laughs> right. out in the street I would not be allowed to, to ever speak everybody would block me I I'm gonna somewhat agree with you here because I this was a first time watch for me and my wife had seen it a few times she's also like yourself a foodie and I entertain the notion of uh, you know trying to record some of her thoughts with my phone I've done that once before and she found that to be grounds for divorce so I did not do that again this time uh, but she was curious as far as my response to it because uh, while I've expressed enthusiasm for something like Chef there's also uh, father-son dynamic there. Uh, there's a man ranting like on Twitter against Twitter. There are other elements there that I would like. Yeah. And this one is purely about, you know, the, the work in the kitchen and there's some other relationship stuff we'll get into, but I, I don't think that you or her would, you know, would, would ever think that I'm like going to be inspired by this to accomplish the grand gesture that Amy Adams sets out for herself. So she was, mildly concerned that I would just not get into this movie at all. Well, I've shared meals with you in the past and I know that you are a uh you are a uh, simpler man when it comes to your meat and potatoes. With culinary tastes. Yeah. yeah biscuit yeah. on the plate. If, That's it. If it's gonna if you're gonna somebody's gonna serve you a shrimp, it better be fried. If somebody's gonna serve you a piece of chicken, it better be fried. I be the potatoes. I see nothing wrong with what you're saying just yet. Fair enough. So I, I don't see Michael Dennison Attempting to make beef buff bourguignon, you know. If I really wanted to learn to cook, I could just cook my way through Julia Child's cookbook. I could blog about that. I have a copy. I stole it from my mother last time I was in Texas. <laughs> when I was eight, my father's boss came to dinner and it was a really big deal. And my mother made buff bourguignon. But it wasn't just bouffe bourguignon, it was Julia's bouffe bourguignon. And it was like she was there, like Julia was there, in the room, on our side, like some great, big, good fairy. And everything was going to be all right. Yeah, I'm not even going to attempt to uh, pronounce that. I, th I think, okay, so the introduction of our character, Julie Powell, in 2002... She has good reasons, right? Like her job is talking to uh, people in some way that have been affected by the attacks of 9-11. Yes. So whether they're under health, financial uh, constraints because of it, she she is a uh, not even a glorified middleman. She is she is just listening to an assault of despair. despair and she's and also got to like sit and have the lunch with her lady friends where they're all wildly successful and she's like the uh, the the one in like you know who's bagging groceries and stuff. Our first responder. Yeah, and also has a very unfortunate haircut, which I <laughs> said to my wife. Oh, yeah. Did the real Julie Powell look like this in 2002? Like, was Amy Adams going for? Was she trying to to uh, to be Meryl Streep here, where it's like we have to have it exactly like the person? Because that was one criticism I had was uh, it uh, it really distracted me that Amy Adams, who has great gorgeous hair, 
looked uh she looked like she was a witness protection she looked like she was at the end of, end of goodfellas like so, so no one would know it was amy adams here i you know i i understood it so that was my end right like pretty it's it's almost like a dirty pool like you say oh a woman has to listen to victims or family members that are victims of 9-11 um what escape will she look to mike you know nothing about cooking but this is fine whatever whatever you gotta do lady to to uh you know get through the day i, I was with her <laughs> so you just wanted her to catch a break like you were rooting for her just to have some sort of respite from that that brutality of uh having to listen to to those people like even if it is cooking you know stuff i can't say or even visualize what it is were you ready for like the the bone jelly like the Ooh. you take the Ooh. yeah uh, even i have my limits yeah w- watching that and surround sound and like i mean it's like some people don't like um you know seeing like blood on screen or like a stabbing or like you know bone snapping and, and maybe it's just like being exposed to too much like violence as a consumer of american action films uh, while that stuff can bother me, I don't know if I've ever had like the sort of uh, physical recoil I did when just when she talked about it, and then the the attempt to what the, to transfer the, this the flip, yeah, <laughs> that plop noise, that gush, not for me, yeah, like jellyfish hitting the ground I, is what it sounded like. I will look on YouTube to try to uh, make sure that our listeners can have that that sound effect. But uh, I I wanted you know I wanted your insight as someone who uh, I, I think has. You know, you, it's, it's not your professional life, and it's maybe not even your most time-consuming hobby, if you want to call it that. I would say it's probably podcasting or you know watching things for Ooh. podcasts. Uh, would you would you call like so your interest in like the kitchen or advancing your skill set a hobby, or is that just your your love of food that you just want to try new things? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. One, um, uh, I, you you think that my podcasting is more time-consuming and movie watching is actually it's the other way around. The food is more time-consuming for me because. Uh, a little spoiler into my household. I did not marry a foodie. Uh, I didn't have a foodie wife. I've got the, the exact opposite. I've got a more of a Michael Deniston wife. Mm. It's funny how that uh, works out. Funny how that works out, right? So I am in the kitchen pretty much on the regular doing stuff. You know, when I get tired, you know, we order out. I don't, uh, you know, just uh, not do that thing. But no, I, 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 I call it both. You know, I, I, I enjoy it. I think that the the one thing about this movie is I don't see her. She keeps saying, telling us how she's in love with Julia Child and how much she's loving this process, but I don't get really her passion behind the cooking aspect of it. You know, like it doesn't. For you get it from Streep's side, you know, the sh- through the shrill whatever the impersonation she's doing, which was driving me bonkers. What should I do? Do you think about what? I don't really want to go back into government work. Mm-hmm. You know, but shouldn't I find something to do? These wives don't do anything here. That's not me. This is not me. I, know. Mm. I saw a notice on the bulletin board at the embassy for hat making lessons. You like hats? I do, I do. I do. What is it that you really like to do? Each. (laughs) (laughs) I I like to do. I know, I know, I know. 
And we are so good I at it. Look at you. Now, they how growing good you in are. front of you. Did you find it that far different from what was it Ackroyd was doing when they they showed like the SNL it's version? Exactly the same. It's exactly <laughs> the same. I'm like, what are you doing? And yes, I got it. She's doing a a pr- pretty spot on Julia Child impersonation because we, there's a lot of footage of her and that's the way she spoke and all that stuff. But I mean, I felt bad for the Tooch. You know, I just don't know what. I mean, maybe he's a he's much like Deniston. He's got the affinity for the tall ladies, but. Uh, there's a di- there's a difference when you're you're seeing past some of her flaws and you know and he's a randy dude in this movie you know he's all over <laughs> but I mean yes I, could, I, I in my head I had this vision of that shrill noise during lovemaking sessions. <laughs> it's weird that we're we're really like focusing in on like the uh, the the offensive sound effects or the threaten <laughs> the threatening sound effects <laughs> of what could could happen. I I, I liked. So like they they're really trying to to do the you know the flipping back and forth uh like in key moments like of uh defeat or victory for the, these women sometimes it's not they're not keeping uh a pace with each other as far as the, the highs and lows uh but you you brought up so Stanley Tucci as the the husband to Julia Child and he I guess he shares he shares um Maybe not an enthusiasm for what his partner is doing, but uh, it is similar in 2002 that it's almost like, well, every, everybody needs something, right? Like, I, I don't know if uh, certainly that uh, he, he's the more successful one back in the 50s uh, with his uh, work. Uh, unfortunately, I guess for him, and it's kind of referenced uh, during McCarthyism uh, yeah. as this diplomat. Um but uh, I think it's framed that way because it's like you know this this little side thing would would come to define his life in the sense that he's the side character in a movie about his wife's legacy that inspires another woman to to try this. I would say though he's like he doesn't ever have the moment that we get in our modern relationship where it it comes to a head, where and 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 it's there. There's even this. Uh, debate that Meryl Streep in a true sort of Meryl way just sort of slaps away where he's like, Hey, you know, we may have to leave France and you're nowhere near finishing your, your book. And she's like, no, it'll probably take two more years. And he's like, well, you got eight months. And she's like, well, it'll probably take me two years. <laughs> like, <I'm just> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, when you, ha- when you hold, uh, when you hold the king- keys to the kingdom, as she does for Stanley Tucci's uh, obvious object of and desire, she, she holds him above his head where he can't way <laughs> above his head, way reach. above his head. She, uh, you know, she pretty much knows she can get away with just about anything, right? I mean, you know, what's interesting? You talk about how it comes to a head. It it, it sort of uh, re- reminded me of uh, a little anecdote you told me about listening to podcasts for Marcus Played, where. Um, <laughs> You're sitting there listening to uh, a podcast at the dinner table <laughs> over a feast that your lovely wife produced for you, and you're sitting there listening to perfect strangers talk about some movie that I didn't that really much she didn't really for. enjoy. Yeah, that you didn't care for. Now, how does this? You know, I saw some some mirrors here, man. <laughs> is that was this the Deniston house? Like, is so wait, that- are you? Comp- are my Julia Child in this instance where I'm being... No, you are uh, Amy Annas with a bad haircut. 
Well, uh, you know, unlike her, I am living in the uh, the COVID nineteen time. So, and I, I don't have uh, child labor like you do, rubbing around the house to, to shake your head. Um, I okay. Yes, maybe, maybe I am. So you're saying uh, that uh, my poor wife Brittany is Christmasina here as the like, yes. Cause, and it's one. Of, it's probably my favorite scene in the movie where uh, he has been as supportive. I don't even say supportive as in like he's. It's, it's something he struggled with. Like he is just like, yeah, this is a cool thing to do. If it makes you happy, you should do it. Like I usually in these type of things, I think that there's maybe more telegraphed hints that the other partner um, is becoming a bit agitated with the lifestyle. And this one, um, I don't want to say it's a sucker punch because Amy Adams character has a complete meltdown. Sure you all remember because it was only a few days ago that I had a meltdown over my aspect and vowed to transform myself into a better human being. And then I was trussing the poulet roti a la normande which is roast chicken stuffed with chicken livers and cream cheese. And it fell on Damn the floor it. and the stuffing fell out into Damn a big it. gooey mess. What am I doing? So, long story short, another meltdown. Crazy. Worse than the last. Can't even trust. And I cried like a small, emotionally disturbed child. I'm a mess. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Hello? Uh, yeah, who's this? Um, can you hold on just one second? I just, I, I'm not sure if she's here. She might have stepped out. <laughs> hey, it's a reporter from the Christian Science Monitor. He wants to write about you. And I guess he finally just bites back. And so maybe the film and you are warning me that that, that, that bite is coming. Because all, all my wife said tonight is, uh, like, boy, a little conversation would be nice. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. yeah. I was like, hey, we're, we're having that. Just listen to these two people talk, these two strangers. <laughs> <laughs> so you had it playing on audio, like not even in a headphone? No, no. You made her listen to it? <laughs> what did she make for dinner? Uh, it was, you know, it's like a, a wrap, you know, there's a, there's a lot of salsa and some meats and cheese and it was, it was good. I liked it. Uh, the, the, uh, it was like this, like, I felt like lemon flavored chips. Actually, hold on one second. I'm going to, I'm actually just going to ask her and see if she will tell us what dinner was tonight. I would love microphone. to hear this. Struck out again. Uh, Struck out again, huh? No, cause, you know this. This is, uh, I guess, proving your point that sometimes it's good to go in another room and have conversations with your your loved one, your partner. She was in the shower, so you know, I, I, ah, I there's that took advantage. Um, oh my lord, of mercy! <laughs> <laughs> that was my grand gesture for the evening. Um, that was a short trip. Yes, uh, <laughs> there was uh, like citrus uh, herb flavored uh, shredded chicken, lime. Oh wow! Uh, some salsa. Uh, the cheese I've already forgotten what type of cheese was like shredded on there, but uh, it was it was great. Um, yeah, it was it was. Sounds a nice... like you put a, a, quite a bit of effort into it. Well, like a little work, a little, little, little love and tenderness that went into your meal. That you forced her to listen to 
people praise and do imaginary art about Portrait of a Lady on Fire. That's how you repaid her. Well, I, I repay her by making her part of this real art that we're making with this, ah, this, okay. this podcast. So here's, here's the thing. I, I'll, I'll let you a little curtain behind my marriage right here. So okay. um, when I cook, we've actually had like big arguments about this. Um, so you know, I do something similar, right? I put a lot of love and tenderness into my cooking and you know, I go all out similar to that. And you don't really see this in Julie and Julia because the husbands are very supportive, right? They come mm-hmm. in there with a spoon and they're tasting everything and mm, look how good it is. I'll throw a meal out there and it'll be all nice and nobody will touch it. Like it'll just sit there. Like my, I grew up, my dad would be like, he would have beat the damn tar out of mm-hmm. me. If I, if he did something like that and then he just lays it out. He's, we didn't like serve it and sit down at the table, but if he puts it out there, get in there and scrub it down and, and get after it and mm, you know, whatever. No. So we've had, we've, we've been kind of coaching, um, but you know, my wife is actually pretty good about it now. You know, she's, I would say really good about uh, the one directive I get from Brittany is uh, if you don't like something, uh, say it. Tell me. Uh, yes. Don't fake it because yep. I don't want to make it again and like waste my time with something you don't enjoy. Uh, the problem I have is a non-foodie, uh, even like like this. I enjoyed it. I could not relate to you what it was. Like it's I'm I am Thomas Hayden Church in Sideways trying to hang out with. Uh, this is the only time I'll compare my wife to Paul Giamatti uh, at all. <laughs> But no wonder, yeah, 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 no wonder she doesn't want to come on this podcast. <laughs> the I said, you know, I set up the or only time. Podcast. But like, you know, the, the the scenes where they're they're drinking wine, and you have Paul Giamatti can like extrapolate, you know, why he enjoys this or how it compares to this. And Thomas Hayden Church is like, I like it. That's, I mean, that's you know, that I I don't have a point of reference for for things in that fashion because I I do not cook. And if as you've set up in this show. If left to my own devices, I will just play the very basic hits. I'm very, I'm very, very top forty <laughs> classic rock radio oh, yeah. when it comes to my food. Let's go get fried shrimp. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, I I definitely duck the uh, you know the, the, the sort of I guess if there is a breakup scene and really it's only in the modern story where he he leaves the house he leaves the home for a bit yeah and, uh, no. Uh, but I think he has a good point. It's one that I can translate to, uh, to, to podcasting and I have to check myself and I'll try to relate it to something that I can understand with you where this is a hobby. This is something I just do to connect with people. Like you and I would not ever have known yeah. each other. would never been in each other's presence if it wasn't for podcasting. So when I get, you know, unnecessarily stressed about it, or maybe I complain and bitch a little too much about how things went, or uh, that guest said something stupid, which, you know, I, in the shower, you know, when I went in there, I was already like, Hiro's already said a couple things that, you know, I don't know if that's going to make the edit, you know, it's pretty bad, pretty bad material we've got. Uh, oh, she, man. She, <laughs> she, <laughs> but that would, uh, of course, I'm, I'm being facetious there because, and I don't know how that would make me look if I went in to look at my wife in the shower and like, can you believe what Hiro just said on this podcast? I think that makes me look like even worse. Even worse. <laughs> First, you bring the podcast to the dinner table, and now this. There's your lovely bride in the nude, and you're talking about me. There's some, there's some homework to be done at the, the work to be done at the dentist in house. I, I think that's taking control. The in, the important part of having that particular uh, checks and balances in your own home, and so that's why I like the scene in this movie where he is. He's not saying, "Hey, you should stop doing this." You know, he's not saying, "Hey, this is." You doing it is bothering me. He's saying it making you upset and like dominating your life in a negative way 
then becomes negative for me. Like if you're if you, yeah. if it continue to be a positive influence and sort of balance to what you know, because he's very encouraging to her. Like stop doing this job. Like this is kind of traumatic for you yeah. to deal with every day. And he's the one saying you are a writer. You know whether or not you've been successful at it, you have the heart of a writer. You have this talent for it. Eventually, it'll break. And uh, I, I thought it was a you know usually the, the sort of breakup moment in these type of films. It's very contrived. And I felt like this was one that's like, you know what? Finally, I think, you know, this was going to come to a, a natural boil here. And uh, it, it just finally happened with uh, Messina, who's a very sort of uh, underrated character actor, I think, at this point. What else has he been in? I, I, I couldn't place him in anything other he than this. He seems like uh, your, your type of type of guy because he's like a uh, – what did you, you called yourself on uh, – I guess Mark has played because we're recording these tonight uh, in, in baseball like a, a slap – hitter okay uh, but he uh he's been in uh argo uh he's been in uh away we go i think that's what i remember him from away we go because i i'm trying to to place like which you know freak show there was in that and is he the one with um maggie gyllenhaal and that i know we we actually did a podcast on away we go and i'm pretty we sure did. you hated every <laughs> every hated se- every second of that every movie. second of it uh he was in sharp objects did you watch that with Amy no. Adams, you got to reunite with her, and uh, she had better hair. Uh, yes, uh, but I mean, if she was shaved, <laughs> if she was in American <laughs> History X, she would have better hair than, than what she's got here. Uh, I don't know. He just seems like a. Uh, he always seems like a grounded dude. Like you know, I don't think there's anything like too actorly about him. Like in the way he just, you know, he, he's not going to swing for the fences to try to make himself like give a more theatrical performance in these types of things. And in that particular sequence, you know, he could he could go for broke. He could th- throw some things around. He could scream and yell. No, he doesn't. He plays it pretty pretty close to the vest. I mean, he's honest about it, and I think that's what makes it work. Makes it even better, right? That that lets Michael Denniston relate. As to, you know, what's coming down the road for him if he continues his his, <laughs> his hideous ways at the dinner table, <laughs> or in the shower. Yeah, you know, the shower talk. Or in the shower. The shower is probably more egregious. Please, I'm is trying it, to help you out here. Is is that uh, you know, is that a, a pretty good reason to to be a guy that loves watching rom coms? Is to maybe <laughs> maybe let some of this internalize as far as the missteps and to to see yourself being the uh, the asshole in these movies. Oh, I hope so, but it doesn't seem like you're learning. You know, I mean, you well, don't forget that you also compared your wife to Paul Giamatti. So <laughs> there's that. You 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 have to forgive me that you know we we like with me my podcast we took a long break so I'm basically back to back to uh, square one. You're you're basically back on episode three with me when I think we did Crazy Stupid Love. So you know I I, I lost it. Be like trying to learn a foreign language and then not using it for ten years. So I think well, I think it's the same thing. Watching movies. <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, let me ask you this. Um, do you – I see. I struggle connecting with the, the Meryl Streep side. I, I obviously made fun of her with the, all the stuff about um, her shrill behavior and all this and that. But she's a socialite, right? I mean she, she's a bored like housewife when we first come to meet her. And she's she, she's sort of like – frolicking through this cooking school which is one of the best cooking schools in the world and it's really just like a, a frivolous throwaway thing from for her but she gets a little passionate about it right but i don't know it, it's almost life is too easy for julia child in my opinion so i kind of just it, even then it off puts me 
Yeah, there's certainly no uh, uh, whiplash sequences here where she's, you know, that's she's, what she needed. She has a strong Played hand. To the head. And you're, you're actually, that's a, you know, I, I was telling Brittany that, uh, like, you know, we were about 30, 40 minutes in. I was like, I, re- I really like this movie. Like, this is very pleasant to me. Like, I, I'm kind of shocked how much I'm enjoying it. And uh, I don't know when it turned, but I started to dread when we were going to cut back to the 50s and Julia Child. And uh, you hit it on the head as far as uh, just like walking through the the raindrops here. Like that that sequence I mentioned where her husband's like, hey, we may have to move. You know, there's, you know, the way politics shapes my career as far as who has power uh, and where we're going to be placed. You know, like how we're seen as as vital or not and the the work that I do. Um, Yeah, she's just like, whatever. I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. So yeah. the, the roadblocks that are seemingly in there are not like they have one partner, these these three women, who the two are the originators of this project to make, make this cookbook. And they when they come to a roadblock, it's like we, we need to capture an American audience with an American voice. Hey, you can do that for us, right? You can you can sort of cross that bridge culturally. And she's like, well, okay, I guess it is something I can do. And yeah. everything they, they sort of encounter um, – up to that point where you know one of them's not doing the work uh she lets the other woman be the bad cop and negotiate the terms of I yeah, guess, her yeah. exit package uh they they produce too much material and so it's like oh we don't get to release seven volumes off the top uh i guess one's fine <laughs> like it <laughs> yeah like everything is just too easy it's just kind of like flowing out and it doesn't yeah. make for the most engaging you know uh, if you're going to divide this into the tale of like two women, uh, I, I just want to get back to, I guess, a normal person who, you know, the worst thing that happens to her in that, that sequence with Chris Messina is that it's it's gone beyond. She went from this is like therapeutic to me to, to for me to get through my day to I wonder if I can make a buck. And that's we, we've seen a lot of stories about artists usually it's like musicians like you know the where, where bands start to break up where it's like their their art becomes uh infected with the possibility of commerce and podcasting war machine versus war horse <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> i think my uh maybe i am just uh i'm too too much uh focused on being a small bit player in the lives of like i don't know Amy Adams. i i see the recall you being teased a little bit one time uh Weren't you featured on like Nerdist or something like that, or I... and your podcast shot through the roof for a little while? And you're like, oh my god, this could be my big oh, break. Okay. You had a little full rock star uh, there. Uh, yeah, I, I, first I was like, what, what you know, what what iTunes reviews you're reading? Where I was being teased about my <laughs> what I'm producing. Like I didn't realize it was like schoolyard bully. I, but now I get it. Uh, now I think my uh, you know my hope is like I, it would be nice if my hosting fees. <laughs> Were handled. Or covered. <laughs> that's that's about it. Free movies uh, is always nice. I enjoy when the rare times I get that's those. It. Um, I uh, I I would like to, think, but that's a good point. I would like to think I would respond better than Amy Adams here, like because I I definitely was more keyed into uh, her finding some, I guess, grace and dignity in, in a hobby where she she is coming at it like us in podcasting as a hobbyist right. and an amateur. And then other people are like, hey, we, we like seeing sort of a person dabbling this who has a real nine to five job. We like to see how they actually can do this as opposed to someone that, you know, you're, you're kind of saying with Julia Child, it's like she, she really is like, hmm, 
I don't know. Am I into hats now? Do I want to understand how to like construct hats? Like, you know, she, the world is her oyster as far as the, the possibilities. She's speaking from a privileged, as the kids would say, existence. Yes. And it's, it's hard to connect to that. It's very difficult. And we also already know she's a rock star because we know that we have a character in this modern ish setting of 2002 right. that is basing this entire challenge around her success as a name and trying to see if a normal person can, can do it. I, it's one of those things where I think I wish that Meryl Streep was only, you know, maybe it's just when I checked out of her story, maybe the first half hour of the movie, just to set up who she was and how this, you know, this book, why it would inspire a woman decades after the fact. But I, I don't, I do not see this as a true two hander. I do not, you know, I don't even know what the, <laughs> the arc is other than we get to a strange ending where a reporter calls the Amy Adams character and is like, Hey, would you like to comment on the fact that this woman hates you? <laughs> and, and that's why I found this to be like such an interesting subject for your podcast here. Cause you know, it used to be this, Oh, there's the grand gesture. And then it leads to like love or romance in the back end. And what do we learn from that? But here the grand gesture is the entirety of the movie, right? It's mm-hmm. yeah. her like fawning love and passion over Julia child, supposedly and going through this project Julia Child hates her openly, uh, and like, look. I guess I'm. I hate tra- you. I'm trained by movies to be like, okay. So does does she ever get in contact with her? No, no. And I looked this up. I looked this up, and like, uh, I, I did some research, and in the end, she died. You know, really hating this lady, <laughs> justifiably so. It, it makes me really hate the amount of time I spent with Meryl Streep's character even more, like, because I wasn't really entertained by it. I, I really can't connect with her, uh, you know, her upbringing or, or her uh, how she found her passion, which you kind of accuse her of just sort of dabbling and just success. Like it's like people are just yeah. forcing success on her. Like if you give us five minutes, I promise you, you'll be famous one day. And she's like, I guess I can do that for you. I, yeah, that that sounds good. That sounds fine. Yeah, must be a charmed life. I, I don't know. And maybe that's in there so we don't uh, take it out too much on. Uh, Julia Powell, when she's, you know, when she's so desperate for confirmation that I guess she's done something of value. Like, it's like, it's one thing, like you and I, very much the podcasting, you could have a few spare comments on this case on her blog, or we might have some people saying like, hey, you said this on episode, <laughs> you're an idiot, which is a strange validation for us that someone's actually someone's listening. listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I don't, I guess I shouldn't knock her uh, when I see someone that would really cherish like a lot of people saying, like you've done good work. Like we we like your your voice. Uh, when you compare it to someone that, <laughs> when people beg her for her input, she like sort of deigns to come down <laughs> to their level. It's like, all right, it's a favor to you. I guess I can help you out here. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, sure. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's uh, it's a very. She's not only speaking from high above physically. <laughs> My wife looked her up, right? Because uh, we did a uh, a Marcus played tonight, uh, and Mackenzie Davis came up for our Terminator Dark Fate episode, and you looked her up five ten, right? Five ten. So my wife looked up Julia Child six two. Wow, really? She's that tall, huh? An inch taller than my wife. Wow. Yep. So did you find uh, Julia Child no be, uh, <laughs> appealing <laughs> to the just eyes? Cut you off right there. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did you mind, dude? Uh, in this uh, case, I will spot you the what three, four inches, and uh, give me the new Terminator. 
You know, it's not everything. <laughs> this isn't the NFL com- combine where I'm looking at wingspan necessarily as the be-all, end-all of the 40. <laughs> but she can make you a good meal that you can listen to podcasts through. I don't and uh, I don't know. Would she, would she grumble about me? I'm trying to remember on that point uh, when the men are presented the, the food. Uh, they, they all chow down. Yeah, Messina has this thing with this uh, sort of chocolate-like dessert thing. He smashes it on people's faces and stuff. What are you doing? The, yeah, the, the scoop. It's it's excessive. Like, he can't wait to uh, to validate her, which maybe that's him being a good partner. Like, he's, he, he is... I, I sure it, would like that. I take it back. He's being, my food. he is being theatrical when he's presented with food. He is... Uh, I, I don't know. I, it would make your father proud, I guess. <laughs> Just, I guess so. Time <laughs> <laughs> in hands and all. Uh, poor, poor Brittany. If only someone loved her that much to dive at and maybe remember what was in the food, or whatever he just consumed, and not force her to listen to Porch Over Lady on Fire, Jibber Jabber. And I will probably now force her to listen to this episode as a dedication to her commitment to our, our <laughs> failing marriage. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the grand gesture, right? I think that's. I think we got it. Yeah, the grand gesture. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to save Michael's marriage. <laughs> uh, if you would like us uh, to talk about, uh, I guess our uh, respective uh, relationships in real life, less, uh, and it's purely relationships with movies and movie podcasts in particular, you can uh, hear me and Hiro on Marcus Blade. As I mentioned, That's right. we have a Terminator Dark Fate episode where we break out the measuring tape uh, like important film criticism does. <laughs> There's a female lead uh, that <laughs> we find to be a stellar actor on screen. But you, you're also doing uh, you know, your your original hobby, True Bromance Film Podcast. So do you have, uh, you know, is there, is there a series or an episode you'd like to point listeners to? Uh, no, not really. They're all awesome. So, um, I mean, how many just, chef references do you have if, if they're foodies? Oh, well, we're like an episode 200 and something other. So I would say at least 100 references since that movie came out. So you're saying just uh, randomly ta- download half of your entire library and they'll... Yep. They'll be, go check out the chef. If, if you like food, go check out the chef one. There's actually... You know what? We did an episode. It's a, kind of a long one years ago that we covered a documentary called The Great Chicken Wing Hunt. I remember this and, one. And we actually had the director of the film come on as well as another food podcaster come on. So it was a very, very – and that's when we were doing like top five lists and things like that. And it was like the top five uh, food scenes in movies. So you know, if you're a foodie, go check that out. Go look – dig through the dumpster fire that is the True Bromance Archives and see if you can find that thing. Yeah, back when it was uh, – <laughs> it was structured and, <laughs> and now it is uh, – do I have a spare half hour to talk with my buddy about yeah. a movie? That's kind of like what this podcast has become, <laughs> the grand gesture. I'm trying to break a streak, man. I'm trying to see, can I go two months without missing uh, a week? And uh, we'll see. We'll see. we got to get into uh, to June for, for uh, my various projects. Uh, Marcus Played is on a tear, right? More, yeah. <laughs> more episodes this prior month than we had all of last year. So there you go. <laughs> there's commitment for you. And we've got a bunch of the can, too. So yeah, there's absolutely. that. All right. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on to talk mainly about my marriage. (laughs) I'm here to help, brother. Here to help. (laughs) Let me show you how this is done. First thing, hold the glass up and examine the wine against the light. You're looking for color and clarity. Just get a sense of it, okay? Okay. Thick, thin, water, syrup. Okay? Okay. Now, tip it. 
what you're doing here is checking uh, for color density as it thins out towards the rim. Uh, that's going to tell you how old it is, among other things. It's usually more important than reds. Okay, stick your nose in. Don't be yeah. shy. Really get your nose right in there, really. Mm. A little citrus. Maybe some strawberry. Passion fruit. Mm. And, oh, there's just like the faintest sousson of like uh, asparagus. And there's a just a flutter of like a, like a nutty Edom cheese. Wow. Mm. Strawberries, yeah. Good. Strawberries. Yeah. Not the cheese. Put your glass down, get some get some air into it. Oxygenating it opens it up, it unlocks the aromas, the flavors, very important. Smell again. Oh, that's what you do with every one of them. Wow. When do we drink? Mmm. How would you rate this one, Miles? Well, usually they start you on wines with learning disabilities, but this one is pretty damn good. This is the new one. Right, Chris? Just released about two months ago. Nice job. We like it. You could work in a wine store, Miles. <laughs> That'd be a good move. Are you chewing gum?